Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Well, on Monday's regular episode of the TreeCast with Troy Clarity, we went into David Shaw's announcement that he has stepped down as the head coach of Stanford football and got into the what's next portion of it. We need to get into the who's next portion of it. And I can't think of a better person to do it with than our special guest, who we'll get to in just a moment, on this bonus episode of the TreeCast with Troy Clarity on the Believe Network and presented by Bet Online. Tuesday, November 29th, 2022. Hey, how about this? A bonus episode of the TreeCast. Shows coming at you in back-to-back days. Didn't think we'd be coming at you until after Stanford football announced its new head coach. But you know what? I think I found a reason to uh, come at you earlier than that. And that is our special guest, John Wilner of Pac-12 Hotline, who knows all and sees all up and down the conference. We'll get his thoughts on the current situation that Stanford is, is in and the names that could be on Stanford Athletic Director Bernard Muir's shortlist. So we'll get into that with him in just a moment or so. But great to have you with us here on the TreeCast. I'm Troy Clarity. Follow me on Twitter. At Troy Clarity, the last name is spelled C-L-A-R-D-Y. Just wrapped my 30th season of following Stanford football. In the middle of my ninth year of Pac-12 Network play-by-play. I've got some hoops games coming up here in the next uh, couple weeks or so. And I just wrapped up my uh, national radio play-by-play slate for college football for Compass Media Networks. Had a blast being in a college station, Texas, over the past weekend. It's it's a little different out there. That was my first SEC football game. So uh, uh, great to be a part of everything uh, this fall. And now we get to see who Stanford is going to find to lead the program for the foreseeable future. John Wilner in just a moment. But first, this quick reminder that basketball is back and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Bonus episode of the TreeCast, and let's get into it with our special guest, on this uh, bonus show. And if you've followed the Pac-12, if you're a Pac-12 fan, you certainly know about our special guest as he's followed the Pac-12 slash Pac-10 for quite a long time. The most trusted observer in all likelihood of all things Pac-12. Long time with the San Jose Mercury News. Of course, he heads up now the Pac-12 hotline, which does deeper dives up and down the conference than anybody else out there in the media space. Always a pleasure to catch up with the one and only John Wilner. John, thanks a bunch. Appreciate the time as always. How are you doing today? I'm good, Troy. Thanks for having me. All right. Let's uh, let's start here. Um, the news came out very, very late Saturday night. David Shaw announcing to the media after telling the team after their 35-26 loss to close the season to BYU that he was stepping down as Stanford football's head coach. What was your initial reaction to all of that? Well, I was a little surprised, you know, uh, 
not necessarily that Shaw would be stepping down, but that it happened then right after the game. Yeah. That is not something that you typically see, you know, end of season kind of coaching moves usually happen the day after or two days after. Right. Um, But look, it was clear that something had to change, whether it was going to be the head coach changing or the entire coaching staff changing. You know, I wasn't sure, but they are, you know, in a bad spot that's getting worse by the by the month, really. Uh, To what extent was this completely voluntary on Shaw's part? To what extent did the university kind of at least open the door for him? Uh, You know, I'm not sure we'll ever know completely. But uh, I, you know, you could certainly make the case, like he said, that it was time, time for a change. Shaw says that this program is close. Is it in your mind? Oh, no, I don't think it's close at all. I mean, just look at the scores, right? I mean, they're getting pummeled. And it's not, I mean, you can go down a list of the, of the problems and, uh, it's personnel, it's recruiting. I mean, I think their recruiting is, in, in my opinion, terrible. Um, it's, it's strength and conditioning because you shouldn't have as many injuries as they do year after year after year, right? You'd expect some kind of reversion to the mean eventually, and they don't seem to have that. So that tells me there's something systemic. You know, you could argue that the game planning and coaching hasn't been great. They're not making use of their personnel as much as they should. And then there's the whole, all the institutional issues, right? Dealing with the transfer portal, dealing with NIL, eventually, maybe in two or three years, dealing with, you know, some kind of revenue sharing with players and whether the university even wants to go down that road. So I think they're a long way from getting not even back to where they were a decade ago, but getting to the point where they're going to be competing, you know, winning eight, nine games uh, on a regular basis. To me, it will take time with everything with Stanford. It takes time. And if the university is not willing to make immediate changes to how it handles admissions with regard to the transfers, they're going to be playing from behind uh, with personnel, you know, every year going forward. Yeah, that that's the big subplot to me, and 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 to me, and I mentioned this in, in the show yesterday. The, the the what's next matters to me more necessarily right now than who's next. And a big part of the puzzle of what's next is what the university does at the university leadership level and how they respond to all of this. Not just with the pro, with the football program itself, but but everything else that's swirling around uh, college athletics at this point. What's what's your sense right now of the university's uh, commitment level to to obviously not you know just throwing everything out of the window and 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 going like the <laughs> acting like they're an SEC school or anything like that, but but just their their commitment level to to competing on the highest levels, even with some of the, the uh, some of the things that they have to operate under. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'll believe it when I see it, right? I mean, Shaw made a few references to discussions they're having on campus about the transfer portal and NIL and he thinks they're productive. Uh, I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, you know, Mark Tessier Levine, there, there's there's Pac-12 presidents who don't know if a football is stuffed or inflated. And then there's Pac-12 presidents that don't care whether a football is stuffed or inflated. And I put him in the latter group. I haven't seen anything 
at a high level that indicates he's committed to football, supporting football at a level required to win and doesn't necessarily recognize the value that can come for the entire university by successful football. We saw it a decade ago with Andrew Luck. He wasn't around. Tessie Levine wasn't there. So I don't know. I'm I'm of the mindset that we, we should all believe it when we see it and not a moment before that. We've talked about what's next. Let's get into who's next. Who are some serious candidates that could potentially be up for the gig in your mind? Boy, I, you know, I don't know. Um, I, I think they need to take a serious look at uh, Chris Peterson to the extent that he's willing to be looked at. In many ways, he's perfect, right? He didn't like the direction college football is going. And Stanford would be a place where he could recruit the kind of kids he likes to recruit, do it his way, and not necessarily feel the pressure that you would at a place like Oregon or USC or an SEC school, right? I, so to me, Peterson has to be the first call. If he's not interested, then where do you go? I, you know, they should probably think about Troy Walters, right? Uh at least give him an interview, see see where things stand with him. Greg Roman, I you know, maybe. Uh, former offensive coordinator under Harbaugh. Uh, Brent Brennan at San Jose State, maybe. You know, there there's some options. Uh, but to me, who are they going to – the biggest question is, who are they going to lean on for advice, right, at, externally? You got to – you know, you can't just do the whole thing internally. I really think they need to call Jim Harbaugh and say, hey, Jim, give us some candidates. Who do you think would work at Stanford in the current environment? Because he knows both sides. He knows what it takes at Stanford, and he knows, you know, how to deal with the transfer portal, NIL, all that kind of thing, since he's doing it at Michigan. Plus, Stanford right now is a lot like it was in 2006 when Harbaugh or 2007 when Harbaugh came in, right? It's almost the you know the circles come full uh in terms of where the program is relative to the competition where how it's doing with attendance how it's doing with recruiting there's a lot of similarities between Stanford football in 2022 and Stanford football in 2006 Harbaugh would probably have a lot of good insight Hmm. Intriguing, intriguing, interesting all right let's, let's wrap up on this and let's uh I I have to throw this at you here um Pac-12 championship game, USC, Utah, round two. Who yeah. you got? Well, let's hope it's decent. You know, it's as close to that previous game as possible. That was arguably the best game of the whole season. <laughs> yeah. 43-42. I like SC. I think SC has improved more since that game, which was the middle of October, than Utah has. SC's Caleb Williams is <clears throat> playing at a super high level. And their defense is both lucky, but also been pretty good, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. SC's turnover margin is out of sight, plus 22. <laughs> right? 26 takeaways, four giveaways off the charts. And that's a big reason for their success, let's be honest. And within that, some of it is luck. Some of it is also being very opportunistic and, and being very, you know, having a ball hawking mentality. I think SC's defense 
has gotten a little bit better since that game in, in uh, Salt Lake City. So I, I think the Trojans should be – they're only a favorite by like three or four points. I think USC should be favored by six or eight, really. I, I, I think they're going to – you know, Cam Rising is going to have to play lights out for Utah in order for the Utes to win that game. And he did that yeah. against SC the first time. Yeah. We'll see if he can do it again. On a neutral site, no less, and with the neutral championship. Neutral site, yep. And at, SC, you, in theory, SC will be ready for sure. the tight end, right? I mean, Dalton sure. Kincaid had 15, 16 catches that first game. You would think USC would have a game plan going in to stop that and force somebody else from Utah to make plays. Should be an intriguing one down in Las Vegas on Friday to wrap up the Pac-12 uh, championship season. Of course, Stanford's on the sidelines. They're busy trying to find a coach. We'll see what happens in better that respect one. as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. Better find one fast. Yeah, because yeah. that transfer portal opens on December 5th yeah. and then you've got early signing on December 21st. So mm-hmm. those two dates have expedited the whole process of changing coaches. No doubt. Clock is ticking. So we will see what happens in that regard as well. And of course, watching it all is the one and only John Wilner from the Pac-12 Hotline. John, thanks a bunch. I always appreciate the time. Best of luck. Best of health. We'll talk again soon. Thanks again, Troy. There he is, John Wilner. I'm, I'm glad he picked uh, USC to win the uh, championship this week. Uh, maybe that'll keep the USC Trojan fans off his back for a bit. <laughs> oh, USC. There, there's nothing USC fan loves to do more than to tell you how great their football team is. They never hesitate to do that. But we'll, we'll see what happens on Friday against the Utah Utes. And, again, we'll see what happens with Stanford and what, what, what it does with this coaching search. Stanford reportedly has kicked the tires on Chris Peterson before after Jim Harbaugh left after the 2010 season to uh, accept the head coaching job down the road for the San Francisco 49ers. That started pretty well, didn't end well at all, but but overall, you know, got, got the Niners to a Super Bowl. So so there is that. But, you know, Stanford reportedly kicked the tires on on Chris Peterson before. When Bob Bowlesby was in that corner office in Ariaga Family Sports Center, we'll see what happens this time around. By the way, calling up Jim Harbaugh and getting his advice on things, as suggested by John Wilner, I, I'm not going to lie to you, I did, didn't see that coming. And I'm, I'm intrigued by Troy Walters. Not just because he was my favorite Stanford football player before Christian McCaffrey, and, and, and not just because he joined the TreeCast two years ago. That was a fun chat. You want to jump in the vault and listen back to that interview, I, I highly suggest it. That was really cool uh, to be able to catch up with uh, Troy Walters back in May of 2020. But not just for those reasons, but you know he does have a real live coaching pedigree here. You know, the uh, offensive coordinator at UCF back when they were running at a high efficiency and a super high level and really turning a lot of heads and and trying to claim national championships. But he was the the offensive coordinator there at UCF. Now the Bengals uh, on their coaching staff helping to coach the wide receivers. They went to a Super Bowl last year. and They've got some pretty good receivers uh, on on that squad last time I checked. And, you know, coach's son. Um, former wide receiver. I mean, may, maybe uh, this is a, in some ways, maybe a lot of similarities with the guy who just last had the job. But, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by Troy Walters. I'm, I'm not gonna lie there. That would be, that would be intriguing to see what kind of look he gets for the job. And again, 
you know, who's next is an important question to answer. And there isn't a lot of time to answer that due to the due to the off-season calendar as the transfer portal, as John Wilner mentioned, starts on Monday with the early signing day beginning on December the 21st. So whomever comes in, they got to get on the good foot. But again, and as we discussed on Monday's TreeCast, it all boils down to what's next and what the university does. And we, we, talked about the, we talked about this on Monday. We talked about this Pac-12 football media day. How does the university respond to all these challenges that are swirling around college athletics right now? Not just within the football program, not just within the athletic department, on the conference level as well, we still don't know what the Pac-12 is, is going to look like in a couple of years. We still don't know that. But it all comes back to the university and the decisions that it makes at the leadership level. John Wilner had his thoughts there. I shared mine for the most part on Monday's TreeCast. So if you missed that episode, go back, check it out. I highly encourage it. Our thanks again to John Wilner for joining us on this bonus episode of the TreeCast. Okay, barring anything else, I'm pretty sure that our next episode will come your way after the new Stanford football head coach is announced and introduced. But who knows? (laughs) Anything can happen. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But uh, we'll see when our next TreeCast episode comes. And, of course, we'll be all over the new head coaching uh, announcement and introduction when it comes. Thanks again to John Wilner, the Pac-12 Hotline, for joining us. Special thanks most of all to you for being with us on this bonus episode of the show. Don't drink and drive if you do. You're the dumbest person on the planet. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Stay sane. Talk to you next time, whenever that might be, on the TreeCast with Troy Clarity on the Believe Network, and presented by Online. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done.